Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, January 28th, 2022. I hope you have a great weekend planned. You know, I realize that every one of these podcasts starts with me saying, you know what, if they start with hope, each one of them starts with me hoping something for you. And this type of guy I am. <laughs> That's not a bad Sebastian, is it? type of guy I am. <laughs> Did I sound like Sebastian Maniscalco, though? Unintentionally. I was trying to sound more like a mafia, well, you know, an Italian. Every one of these episodes starts with me hoping something for you, and it's not just lip service or habit. I really do wish, I wish the best of everything for you. I hope you have a great weekend in store. I hope you had a pretty good week and they didn't get you down even further. If you're on one of the two sides in the United States of America, the increasingly ever-polarized United States of America, I hope that you had an opportunity sometime this week to look across at your foe on the other side who you may demonize and you realize they're just an average Joe like you trying to get by and have a cold beverage at the end of the day or you're like no fuck them they're evil i want to kill them well all right but you you can't kill thought i don't think (laughs) this isn't russia (laughs) bunch of russians in the club the other night they didn't speak any goddamn english uh when was that wednesday night there were Sorry, I should get, should I do the business first? No, I'm not going to do that yet because I, the podcast, the podcast. I don't know if it's big enough for me to need to do the business right at the beginning yet. But I'll tell you what, two weeks in a row, biggest week ever. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast. I, I really appreciate that. And this has been a big week in general in comedy. We were back at Limerick on Tuesday night and had the biggest comedy night ever what does that mean it means the bar sold more booze than they ever have on a comedy night and that's pretty cool and they should really give more of that money (laughs) i actually don't care if they give me more money or they give me less money the point is it was phenomenal and you got a lightning round at limerick and the main show combined it was like a perfect storm at about which is inaccurate and bad form to say at about. Just say about. Because you can't say at an approximate, right? All right, it's a little self-conscious. Come to the, the, the perfect storm of Limerick, when the main show is ending about 10.30, and then the room is warmed up and ready to go for lightning round at 10.45 or 11, it's a thing of beauty. And it was shoulder to shoulder at Limerick. It was It was phenomenal. So glad to be back there. We have another great show coming up. On Tuesday that I will tell you more about on Tuesday morning. However, I was in the Laughing Skull Lounge on Wednesday night and there were a bunch of Russians there and they were terrific. You know why? Because they didn't speak any English. (laughs) So I couldn't hear what that couldn't understand what they were saying to me. And it was great. They were upfront. They were energetic. They were terrific. They were not an unsettling way, but they were using they they were recording they were record they were doing a lot of recording of me they were pointing the camera at me much of the time and uh i said you know of course 
and I, what did I say? I said, I hope everyone had a wonderful time and everyone felt included and see that all sensibilities and world perspectives were respected here tonight. And you can see that we are truly one people. In no way do we want to discriminate, offend, or show lack of respect for any groups among us tonight. And then someone said, they don't speak English. And then I said, well, then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so it was, it was a really good time. It was, it was a sold-out show on Wednesday night. I am very fortunate to be part of that Wednesday night at the Laughing Skull. And I feel like if I say it too many times, lightning will strike me. Or I will get in a car accident like I kind of did today. I was I picked up my daughter at school this afternoon. I was excited and scatterbrained because I'm always exhausted, as you know, and I'm always complaining about it. I'm not complaining, but I'm just describing it. My daughter came into our room last night at 3.40 a.m. and said, Is it morning? <laughs> it is, but not the kind of morning you're thinking about. And then it's like an hour, most of it done by my wife, of course, but still the counseling, the talking, it's like another hour before she goes back to sleep. So anyway, I'm losing my marbles. The dog ran away. I, I've told you I need to have a good long look in the mirror. The dog ran away the other night. Thank you for your sweet voices of support. I'm glad to have Clark back. And like a grown man, I did the very next day go get uh, a name tag for him and for his brother, and they each have them now. So when they run away again, uh, people will know where to call, and we won't have to go on that uh, nextdoor.com site. But I got in a, a, a scrape. At the, I also so here's what, so I'm underslept, overworked, <laughs> hypersexed. <laughs> I'm losing my marbles here, as you know. I've been cataloging it across the last couple months. So today, I'm I've picked up. I've parked next to the daughter, my girl's school meaning there's there are a few feet between my car door, which would open, and the wall of the side of the school. I get her in the car. We have to stop for a second, and she wants to show me that the, the art she did, which is awesome that she's showing me, and also we're in a parking lot where there are other cars trying to come in and people trying to get out. It's a very hectic uh, time between like 4.30 and 5 p.m., in part because parents want to get their kids that they love so much and see uh, but also because the school charges you extra money <laughs> per minute <laughs> if they stay a minute after five o'clock so I'm sure there's incentive to pick the kids up then as well so it's a bit of a hectic situation everyone has masks on so they can't uh, really I don't know it, it adds an element of you know it does I never thought about this but probably if you're single out in the bar during the pandemic you were thinking about this all the time what the masks do is they not only provide us a touch of anonymity, but they also they reduce the amount of social information we get from one another, right? You just kind of look each other blankly in the eyes. And that creates inefficiencies, right? Because if you can see the way a person's cheek moves or the way their, their lip, I don't know, what does a lip do? Lip rolls or curls you get more information and you're able to use that and move faster, more efficiently. I've never really thought about that until just now. But that's something that the masks clearly have reduced because you're searching, you're, you've, be, 
most of your life you're dependent on that information in someone's cheeks and the lower half of their face and their mouth expanding or contracting and giving you information to let you know what the hell's going on with them. The mask takes all that away and you're just reduced to sort of looking at people's eyes. Anyway, so I think that is what compounded the compounds the uh, hecticness of kids getting you know into their cars and parents coming in and picking them up in this tight window at this little school. So my daughter has me stopped outside. Her, you know, she sits in the back seat in a car seat, and before I lift her in, she wants to pull out of her bag and show me the beautiful art that she made at school. And, uh, you know, when in Rome, I'm going to act like those people up there and be a big swinging dick. So I'm like, yeah, let's just stop and do it right here. I'm not going to try to get out of the way and make room for anybody else, care about any mother motherfucker on this planet. I'm just going to stop with my daughter and have her showcase her artwork in the parking lot. If this were a grocery store and I were around uh, other people, uh, normal people, I wouldn't do that. But because I was of... You know, I've described the people who I think are parents at my daughter's little school. I didn't feel bad doing it. So I look at her art, and she really is a natural. I mean, she has so much talent. (laughs) When all my friends started having kids, there was a big fear among them that they would be those parents who bragged about their kids. And I think because we're old and Gen X, I mean, maybe I do. I don't know if I, I don't think I brag about her, but we grew up, you know, being those parents like you would never brag about your kid. <laughs> you don't want to be a dick. Anyway, so we look at the art. I'm scooper. I scoop her up into the car seat. There's a car next to me trying to get out. There's a car coming in. She's talking 100 miles an hour as she does as soon as I pick her up. And as I'm backing up, I. And, and it's a tight parking lot. I, I try to, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to swing the back of my car out to the right so I can go whoop up to one point, two point. So I want to go whoop, whoop, right? I'm, imagine you're backing up and you turn the wheel so the left front of the car swings to the left and the right of the car goes to the right. And you're going to make that back up and then go straight and left and pull out. Well, as soon as I backed up, and started turning the wheel so the front of the car would move to the left, I was like totally absent-minded and didn't even think about the fucking building there. And all of a sudden, (laughs) scraped the front of the goddamn bumper, which in a car made in whatever mine was, 2014, 2015, a bumper is not a, a discreet little item. It's a massive, like huge panel that caused implications on that side and it and it sort of bent it all the way around to the other side it's a huge piece of i don't know whatever polymer (laughs) fiberglass i don't know the engineers and the physicists out there like dude you don't know what you're talking about i know but whatever the front of my car is made of just scraping it on the side of the wall causes it to sort of be like tearing off a band-aid uh, 20% of the way and, and causing the right side of the car also then to be like affected. And, and I fucked up my car. This is like the bumper was like, I don't know, white paint all over it. It was like going <laughs> on the drive home. People are looking at me. I'm like, I know I'm not that guy driving down the road with no power steering fluid and the car's going ee! like, I know what that guy knows too, by the way. 
Nobody who's driving with that, which I was always told was no power steering fluid, but I could be wrong. People are looking at him. They, he knows. That guy knows. And I knew. And then when I got home, I tried to fix it. I don't. I mean, I didn't fix it. I tried to make it drivable. And that will be better tested tomorrow in the daylight. So it's just another example of a brain that is not efficiently processing all of the information that is powering into it. And I, and I was... And I, I imagine like a, an older person experiencing cognitive decline, much like the dog running away, much like, you know, when I had co- much like when I had COVID and I was looking around thinking about, you know, there need to be some changes. It was kind of like demoralizing. It was like, fuck. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a few hundred dollars, hopefully only a couple hundred dollars to fix it properly. Uh, and I'm not thrilled about that. I don't have money to burn. But that's solvable. But I was, I was more like, fuck, something else I did. Because most of my, I try to minimize the damage I inadvertently do to myself. The damage I accidentally do to myself. The damage and woe and destruction I cause myself, most of it I'm well aware of. Like I'm conscious of the bad decisions and the ill-advised choices that I make. 100%. So I don't really get frustrated by those. I get frustrated when I'm not trying to fuck myself up, and I do. Because I because I haven't, like like I said, with getting COVID and screwing up my wife's Christmas. It's like, God damn it, that was, you dummy. I, so it was a little demoralizing, like, oh no. And uh, But my daughter was so sweet while I was driving home. She's like, it's okay, it's okay. She said, it happens. It'll be better, and she said, "I'll put a, I'll put a bandaid on it, and I'll," and she said, "I'll give it a kiss and make it all better." And I was like, "That's so sweet," and you know what? You're right. It will be fine. And yeah, a second ago, you did hear me yell "fuck" when it happened, just instinctively. It went, I went "fuck," and she immediately went "fuck" in the back seat, and then, and then right away, and hopefully. I mean, this is going to be foreshadowing for the end of my life, unfortunately. She, the child, was taking care of me, the parent. Right, Heater? <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. That's something that I feel is not quite fair for her. But if, if my wife and I happen to live a long life, my daughter's going to be, you know, in her 20s and 30s taking care of us. And that's not that's not right. So... If you know her when she's 20 or 30, let her know that I knew it wasn't right. But that also, we couldn't imagine life without her, and we hoped that she had a good a good time while she knew us. Unfortunately, and hopefully, she's going to live most of her life, she's going to live the majority of her life without her parents. It's kind of a bummer. So we have to... Uh, you know, make sure we equip her for that. I mean, I don't know how we equip her for that, but we have to equip her for life. Probably not going to be like, okay, girl, so you're in third grade now. Guess what? Mom and dad aren't going to be here forever. It's just It just can't work that way. Um, but, you know, we have a house that you can have. 
should help you get on your way. I don't know. It's kind of a bummer to think about. Well, that's why I don't really think about it. Just trying to love the hell out of her and give her the happiest meaning well adjusted not just like everything's fucking roses and cartoons because you know what the kid isn't all a kid is not super happy if you're not providing them structure they stress out by that they need to know that all right, you've heard my parenting spiel before and like i've said before 22 year old guys listening to this conversation love this part anyway so the damn thing is scraped and uh we'll see what happens with it <coughs> excuse me but I, w- I was kind of a little demoralized because two because we were gonna we were having two comics over for a brief dinner, which is great. You have comics over for dinner. You combine these two things. You combine a fairly rigid schedule for a child, which you want them eating by six, bathed, read, bathed, booked, and close to in bed by seven, and then you have comics who have shows at eight. It's a fast dinner, and everybody's on their way. So we had two comics that were coming, two comics stopped over, and you know, I'm not saying their names because, I don't know, maybe they're out running around on their significant others. So, But I was excited about having them over. I know my wife and daughter were excited about having them over as well, uh, and I was just a touch, touch demoralized by the fact that, once again, in my own hand, I screwed something up, my goddamn car. This too shall pass, and my daughter's right. It, it these things happen. Want to get away? Um, everything is rainbows and happiness. Not, you know, not. Uh, a, she's not living a libertine lifestyle. She's living a much. She's a very loved child, and, and that's what we're trying to do. You'll recall in a couple episodes ago, speaking of child, that I mentioned that my daughter and I watched that Coco Melon show, which is with the family, uh, and they that, that was how my daughter's whole experience of knowing what a snow day was like was from Coco Melon. I got to tell you, I'm very grateful for the listeners who get in touch, and I've said before you can ask me questions. You don't have to ask me questions; just call and tell me something. Your call, <laughs> ring me up. Just tell me anything. Tell me anything you want You want to, not even you want me to know, you just want to express, like 15 underscore does in his reviews. And I have not checked to see if he has left one in the last day or two, but I'm, I'm overdue to check that. But someone did send me an email that, you recall I mentioned I, I was watching Coco Melon, this sweet family uh, with my daughter, and... I've seen it so many times, and on one of the occasions, I just happened to kind of notice it. (laughs) Mrs. Coco Melon, the mom, might have a little bit of ass on her. I wasn't seeking that out. (laughs) But like I said, I live in Atlanta, and I, you know, I adapt to my environment. And I'm in Atlanta watching a woman do dishes. I'm going to, you know, and sing songs and put band-aids on her kids. (laughs) And, and and put sunscreen on them and brush their teeth, I probably am going to notice if she has a little bit of booty on her. Anyway, someone got in touch, uh, and uh, he is a parent, and said that, hey, I heard you talking about the Cocoa Melon, Mom. And he goes, I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Which means a couple of things. Men are goat-like, 
or we're just, you know what, we're just evolved and adapting, right? That that booty she has might be a symbol of her fertility and her youth and her ability to carry our seed. Or, or we are gross, disgusting, perverted monsters always on the lookout for a nice backside. Or, here's the third possibility in this scenario, Mrs. Coco Melon actually has a little bit of ass on her. <laughs> if I notice it, and somebody else notices it within a week of me talking about it, that means, you know what it means? It means she's got some ass, because other people, for every one person that got in touch, there are ten people who've seen her and know that she has a little a little booty. <laughs> Oi, sorry, Mrs. Coco Melon. Sorry, Coco Melon. Sorry, sorry, universe. But she she got a little... Got a little something. <laughs> She's, you know, does squats and does yoga probably while the kids are at school. The kids are named Yo-Yo, JJ, and Yo-Yo, JJ, and Tom Tom. The three kids. So, uh, thank you. I, I said the, I'm already this far into it and I didn't even do the business Speaking of, uh, let me, I'll do the business. I'll tell you about my shows this weekend in just a second. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but since, and thinking of Mrs. Coco Melon, and that's what I call my wife now, Mrs. Coco Melon. Um, since my daughter's been here, this sounds wrong. My wife seems a lot bigger, but she's not. She's the same size. She just seems bigger because I'm always holding the girl. And so when the girl was born, she was 10 pounds, and now she's like 35 pounds. Come on up, girl. But still, it's like not holding what my wife is. So it was a very interesting sensation after my child was born to like give my wife a hug or don't lift her up a whole lot, but you know, give her like get a sense of her. I was going to say her immenseness. That's not it at all. Just to like put my arms around, to embrace her strongly, to hold her, to lie on her, to whatever the fuck it is. I I, I would say to her like, wow, you're you're big, <laughs> because I'd be holding, by contrast, a fifteen year old, fifteen year old, fifteen pound, fifteen year old would be a different. I'm not that fucking much of a pervo that I'm gonna divert because I did a Freudian slip on holding a 15 year old because I'm holding a 15 pound baby and like that's the only other human that I hold all the time my wife I held the most and now this child I hold more than anything so just by comparison my wife's gonna seem heavier but it never really connected with her when it never went over well when I'd say like wow you're bigger you feel real girthy <laughs> because she's the same size. I, I insist that she gets weighed every morning to verify that for me. Um, and she's doing it. But it just, uh, it's just, it's funny because she just, she's the same person that I never felt was, um, just feels, feels bigger now is all. And it's just relative. That's all. Here's the order of business. Tonight is... Friday night, and I'm going to be telling jokes at the Laughing Skull Lounge. 
I said that I was going to be hosting the Best of Atlanta Comedy Showcase. That is not true. I am hosting the 8 o'clock show on Saturday night, which neighbor who listened to the podcast expressed some, uh, not expressed, uh, made some inquiries about Saturday night show. I believe the Saturday night show at 8 o'clock is sold out. I believe, but I'm not certain. But neighbor, if you want to go to that show, uh, you know, we can talk and see what we can do. Um, anyway, tonight I am doing a spot on the Laughing Skulls Best of Atlanta Comedy Showcase. And that show starts at 8 o'clock. I don't know if it's sold out or not. I hope I hope it hasn't sold out because that means you can come see, come see me and see other people that are very funny. Um, but if it hasn't, if it has sold out, then, you know, better luck next time. Come to Limerick on Tuesday. It's free. So, and it's not going to sell out. It's going to be very packed. But uh, So 8 o'clock tonight, and I'm probably going to go up early-ish on the show because who's in town? Who's coming to town? My, for the third time maybe since the podcast started, at least, my mom and my juggling instructor. Or, as that listener so long ago described him my mom's and i'm referring to my goddamn stepdad a man who when he was 32 rolled up his sleeves and said yeah i'll fucking help take care of your kids and paid for and bought food for me and my brother (laughs) that man while working full-time married my mom who was a young woman with two kids ages 9 and 5. He, as a stepdad, who didn't smoke cigarettes, which is one of the first stepdads, I think, to not, and they're still together. But the listener referred to that man who stuck with my mom all those years, stuck with fucking two hellion kids. The listener referred to him as my mom's slam piece. My mo- that's <laughs> I like I say I you know I'm trying to grow the podcast so I appreciate you writing in and letting me know that but he also taught me how to juggle and for those of you who are new to the podcast what I mean by that is and this is a dark uh, theme that's emerged across the podcast when I was about 11 or so no 10 9, 9 10 11 somewhere around there when they were dating this man, my stepdad, my mom's slam piece, and why I refer to him as my juggling instructor, he taught me to juggle, which is the strangest thing. I, I mean, if, if I offered to teach someone how to juggle, which, you know, I have to live with the fact that I know how to do that. If I taught someone how to juggle, someone who wasn't my kid, I'd be looking around just out of habit. Like, just want, just want everyone to be sure, everyone to make sure... I want y'all to know I'm just showing him how to juggle. This is not a prelude to like a fucking trip in a ice cream truck with no windows. This is just juggling here. Anyway, they are coming to teach, taught me how to juggle. And I know it now. I know how to juggle. They're coming to town tomorrow. They're flying in tomorrow afternoon. So I think I'll probably try to go up early on Friday night and then go meet them and my wife for dinner. And uh, we have a babysitter who's going to be staying here with the girl and then Saturday night I'm on the five o'clock show at the laughing soul which 
that might be the one for you to go to because everybody at that show, it's usually really hot and loose and it's like people start drinking early and it's, you know, show's over by seven. You can go do other stuff if you want or you can just, uh, what do you call it, play through and keep drinking for the rest of the night. Do whatever you want to do. But the five o'clock show is great. I think the eight o'clock show on Saturday is, is sold out, um, but I'm not sure. So that's it. That's the, the that's the that's Friday and Saturday. I was supposed to do something Sunday. I suppose I had a show Sunday night that I had to back out of because uh, I cannot cannot have my mom and her slam piece in town and be out three nights. That's that's a little not disrespectful because they scheduled the trip like two weeks ago. That's what you can do when you're retired and you have enough bread to just uh, we're gonna come in two weeks. Well, these shows have been on the books for. <laughs> six weeks they've been on the books for a long time so that anyway that's friday and saturday i told you clark is back safe and sound i have not got the bottle of scotch here's something if you have any advice if you scotch drinkers have any advice for what kind of bottle of scotch i should get that guy who found the dog and, and took him in please let me know and i say guy because that's all he is to me i mean he's a guy and i say guy because I think when, here's something I believe. I believe the more we go out of our way to explain something, the less kind of confident we are about how we feel about it. I'm getting back to the guy thing. Bear with me. What I mean by that, though, is if I just say the guy, I'm pretty confident. I, I don't say the, here's what I don't say. I don't, I'm pretty confident I just refer to him as the guy. That's who he is. I have fondness for him, and that's about it. What I don't do is I don't refer to him as this gentleman, this gentleman who returned my dog or found my dog, and then I drove over and picked him up. And I say that because I have a theory that when people use the word gentleman to refer to other people, it's it's like a bit of a... Wrath, a bit of a mask for their. I think they're really being racist. Is what I mean. When you refer to some, because I only hear it done like this, like a guy did the other day. He said, "Oh, well, I was talking with an African American gentleman." Actually, this, yeah, that's what he said. And you know, I remember back during the protests for social justice in the wake of the Ahmad Arbery killing and the murder of George Floyd. One of my neighbors said to me, oh, well, I was speaking with an African-American gentleman. And maybe it's super fucking respectful and I don't know and I'm, I'm, I'm too cynical in the way I'm appraising when I, my ear when I hear this. But when I hear someone say African-American gentleman, I kind of feel like, like I'm wondering, what are you trying not to say? You need to somehow, for somehow, some way it was necessary that I know, is it necessary that I know the person's ethnicity? And if that's the case, that's okay, because there are times when it's relevant. <laughs> Who is on my basketball team? <laughs> there are several Caucasian Americans. Okay, well, I hope they grew up in Chicago. Anyway, there are times where you want to know. There are times where it's necessary. So I'm not talking about like like unnecessary racism in a story like 
Yeah, dude, it was terrifying. There's five big black guys. Well, how, wouldn't it just be terrifying if it were the <laughs> five big guys? No, it was worse because they were black. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I must have been terrified. Yeah, we ran all the way back to the suburbs. It was it was terrible. So, but I, I well, I'm not talking about that the unnecessary inclusion. I'm talking about when it you know, when it matters. Like you know, tell me about a diverse an experience you had with in your company with diversity and blah blah blah. And, or did you grow up around who'd you grow up around? What kind of blah blah blah? Well, I spent a lot of time with an African American gentleman. Why wouldn't you just fucking say black guy? Because when you say African-American gentleman, it, like I said, it seems too stilted. It seems like you're trying to avoid saying something. Like, did he show up in a stagecoach? And he, he doffed his cap, this African-American gentleman. Because you don't talk about anybody else like that. Or I was in front of Home Depot and I, I met a, a Hispanic gentleman. Like, dude, it's not the fucking glass menagerie. It's, you know, AutoZone, bro. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? African, his name's Dante. Is he a gentleman? Probably. Is he an African? Does it, is it describing him as an African-American gentleman? I just feel like it's, uh, it adds a touch of weirdness to it. And, I, and I, maybe because, I don't know why, you don't, we don't talk to people who are not like us enough. Because I've never heard a white dude say, I'm not, I'm forgetting, white, I guess white people are what I'm talking about, but I, I didn't mean to be, I didn't mean, yes, I heard you, white heater. Um, I've never heard a white guy say, oh, I was talking to this white gentleman. We're usually just like, I was talking to one of my Aryan brothers. We just say like I was talking. I was talking to this guy. I don't know I, why do you think that is. Why do you think you would say gentleman? This African American gentleman. This is. I was talking to this Ukrainian gentleman. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I don't know. Let me. If you have any thoughts on. Do you, if you if you say gentlemen, you're a racist, right? Because it's almost like patronizing. I mean, we I, we have an idea of what a gentleman is. A gen is he genteel? We have an idea of who's hanging out in front of Home Depot. Nobody's ever in their lives referred to me as a white gentleman. So if you. If your parents <laughs> refer to someone as an African-American gentleman, they are racist. And finally, here's what the last thing I want to say. I've gotten some good pranks. Like I, like I said, I'm not famous. I've said that before. I'm, I'm known, a lot, but, but, I, but, I, but I'm known by strangers. Stra- some strangers know me. Not famous. But people I don't know know me. And they've played some good pranks on me. And one person sent me a bag. Uh, people send stuff to the club. Um, people, one time somebody sent me a, I might have mentioned this on the podcast, a literal, it was like gummy bear. Like you, you'd get a, um, they were gummy bears. 
like you would get at a bachelorette party, shaped, they were gummy bears shaped, phallic, look at that, phallic shaped gummy bears. And it was simply called a bag of dicks. And someone sent me a bag of dicks. Because what a bag of dicks refer to is what happens as a comic when you have a set and it doesn't go well. You eat a bag of dicks. And that was a great prank, for instance. For instance. What I also, I think someone sent me as a prank is, because I just got two of them the other day. Someone sent me Ink Magazine. Yes, Ink Magazine, not I-N-K like tattoos, which also would be kind of a prank because I don't have any tattoos. Isn't that, aren't I special? <laughs> you wouldn't expect me, you look at me, you wouldn't expect me to have tattoos. But those are always like snake people. You wouldn't expect her to have a snake. You wouldn't expect me to have a tattoo. Didn't Just like you wouldn't expect me to... Like Alabama football, would you? You wouldn't look at me as that guy's an Alabama fan. But yet some bozo, some yo-yo at the comedy show the other night yelled up at me, he must be an Alabama fan. Yeah, that's that's me, dude. I fucking read. <laughs> I subscribe to The Economist and watch the BBC. I'm not an Alabama fan, you jerk off. <laughs> Whoever sent me an ink magazine, and it's not I-N-K, because that would not apply to me, obviously. But I-N-C, like, oh, better ways to do synergy. It's a good prank. Like, I could not be less interested in, quote, the business world. And you know what? That's at my, that's at my detriment. And, part of, and much of that is fucking punk rock, i got to be honest with you. I, if I would have been born like 20 years later, I could have made a fucking gazillion dollars. If I would have grown up with money as a priority, and there were times, especially when my mom was single, where we didn't have shit to eat. Not like poverty. I'm not trying to make it, you know, of mice and men or whatever it is out in Oklahoma. Not, I'm not talking about that, but like, you know, it, it was we were not fat on the whatever, high on the hog. To sometimes and when you know that my mom and stepdad got their, you know their little, their th- little their thing together, then you know we ate better and we had nice vacations and that's associated with like whatever my drive or lack of drive for money as the the first thing, right? I I didn't grow up impoverished, but I also grew up not wanting to fucking make money, which is fucking bizarre. And a lot of that came from me misunderstanding punk rock. Because punk was like rejecting the system and capitalism. And so I heard that as like, yeah, let's never fucking get a 401k. (laughs) And it is that to some degree. But it's also what punk was really saying is do it yourself. Work your fucking balls off. Bust your ass. Which I like. That part I resonate with. But for a while I misinterpreted it as... Uh, try not to have any money. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. And now, more than ever, it's the only thing that matters in the world. But it's not. And you know what's proof of that? The fact that you listen to this podcast and I keep doing it. And we're talking 
And I'm listening. As much as I'm talking, I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who you are, why you are. I'm grateful for your existence. And I'm trying to figure it out just like you. All right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sincere in that. Because we believe in something bigger. We believe in a, a higher tr- truth. We're not better. I mean, we're better than some people. We're not better, but we believe in, in truth. And we believe in authenticity. And we believe in... Honesty. That's what it is. That's what you and I believe in. I think that's what we have... That's one of the things we have in common. You and I believe in that. And we also believe that, you know, everybody in this country can agree that a glass of water is is good. And we sh- shouldn't touch kids. And if you can't shake your ass or at least enjoy your or enjoy watching people shake their ass to the song Hey Ya, then maybe you're not meant for this place. So despite all my cynicism and skepticism and rejection of capitalism, I don't want Jeff like I don't want Jeff Bezos money. But I'm trying to get as much money as I can. However, I do not need fucking Ink magazine cuz I'm just I I mean, I'll you know what? I'll read them for you. And I'll maybe I'll get some material out of it. I'll come read it back to you and you'll be like, "Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me, dude?" Anyway, Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm grateful. And I start with hope. I end with hope. You know how to get in touch with me. You can message me. You can email me at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. Thank you for the listener who told me he knows that Mrs. Coco Melon has a little bit, you know, a little bit of curve back there. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday.